We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events, we're always writing articles, but when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen, you can get $50 off of any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner, promo code T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Back at you again. Uh, early episode. We like this early in the week stuff. Andreas is less cranky and ready to go. Uh, it's you know it's before the week wears on him. It seems like this is this is more of his vibe. Uh, shout out to the sponsors as always. Today, a lot of combat sports to talk about. It seems like we're kind of scaling back on the social commentary this week. But there's one thing to talk about. Houston Texans owner comes out and says that the inmates cannot run the asylum. The prison. No, the prison. The prison, the prison which is the key. Which is the key. 
because he messed up on the phrase. The inmates cannot run the prison is what he said. And people lost their damn mind. And that is not the way that the phrase goes. Uh, How would you take it? Because once again, I understand the figure of speech. It's something I've heard all the time. He didn't say it correctly. And it had one hell of an undertone because of it. Yeah, I mean, dude, you got to think again. You got to think when you speak. If if the term is inmates run the asylum and you say inmates run the prison, it's a Freudian slip. You know what you were thinking. <laughs> um, and when you say, of course, people are going to be offended by it. And why would you say that? I mean, of all the possible things you could say, that's what you come up with. And then you use prison. This is this, he was a fool for this. Um, and people were defending him like, oh, well, he meant fuck that. That's whatever he meant. He said what he meant. And, it was, you know, and the, and the Texans players felt a certain way about it, as they should. Um, DeAndre Hopkins didn't show the practice. Uh, Dwayne Brown got traded to the Seahawks. Because he spoke Ooh. out. <laughs> yeah, well, he's the, you know, he's the husband of a good friend of mine, Debbie Brown, Debbie Dev. And, uh, you know, me and Debbie were cool. And she was like, yo, he's out. Like, he wants out. And good for them, you know, landing in Seattle. And he ain't winning shit in Houston anyway. So, you know, protect Russell Wilson at all costs. So, uh you know, good for him. Um, but yeah, man, this is this is just another week where somebody white says something stupid. And, you know, it, this is awful. Also coming off the heels of the, the failed uh, White Lives Matter march. Uh, what was that? In Chattanooga or some shit? Yeah. Um, Which come well, they on. tried that. Sh- how, it's like how much traction was that shit really going to pick up? I mean, I don't know. But it's like every time something happens, I'm like, I, I wake up going, man, y'all really trying it. Like, y'all really trying it from from the owners to, like, y'all white people that don't like black folks, y'all are really trying it. And they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop. This is not the end of it. Um, You know, Colin Kaepernick apparently uh, came came across emails where he was being locked out of the conversations, which adds to his collusion, even though it's still very difficult to prove that's not why he's not being hired. But come on, man. Yo, white people are running wild. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't slip. That's, that's what it comes down to, right? Like, we talked about that on the last episode. You mm-hmm. know, talking about how you can't say stuff that you maybe could have said before. And the climate has changed. Whether it's, you know, something as small as, oh, that's gay. Shit that people were saying earlier in 2000. You can't say stuff like that anymore. And the same thing goes for this. Well, you could never say this around a bunch of black people. You could never say the inmates running the prison. Is it? Like, yeah, I don't what? even know why he got that confused. It's a clear statement. Everyone always says the inmates running the asylum. And yeah. it's, it's used all the time in football. Like if you go through the levels of football, the inmates running the asylum, meaning you have to create a culture where they respect you. Cool. I've never once in my life heard the inmates running the prison. Nah, because again, he's That's saying what he was thinking. That's some real deep South Texas shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, he was really thinking about it. It's like all these jailbirds on my team. Like, and even if they aren't incarcerated, but that's what he thinks about them. I mean, it's like people are like, nah, you're stupid. Y'all are too sensitive. No, bro, it's not being too sensitive. It's really about people saying what they feel. And it, and you know, and when you say something like that and it gets out there, it's like, fuck. <laughs> like, what are you gonna do? Come on, man. Y'all gotta stop. White people, chill out. I know y'all hate us, some of y'all, not all of y'all. Some of y'all hate us, but shut the fuck up. Quit yeah, saying dumb man. shit. <laughs> it's it's crazy that someone in that position can let that come out. Because honestly, you just squash it, right? Like, if you got that much money, you're the owner of a team, you squash the comment before it blows up. It caught fire. And he tried to backpedal. There was no backpedaling from it. 
You know, he talked yeah. to the players after some of them didn't show up to practice or left practice. And the question now becomes, how much will it affect him? Because now there's, you know, people say what they want about Jerry Jones. And he says, you know, he doesn't want his players kneeling and all this shit. His players handled it however they wanted to. They stopped protesting during the anthem. The one kid who did is no longer on the team. He raised his fist. They got rid of his ass. So Jerry Jones handled it however he wants. This came straight from the mouth of an owner. We see one guy who wants to be traded. We see another receiver who is on his contract year. And he's their best wide receiver. Now he has a decision to make. I wonder how this now affects him as the businessman. We're in a league where black players are dominant. Yeah, it, I mean, it's tough because, I mean, especially in Houston because you got Deshaun Watson coming off a, a remarkable streak of games. And, um, you know, you want to build around them, but now people don't want to play for you at this point. And uh, it's not going to be Donald Sterling levels of uh, uh, backlash, uh, but this can't be good. You know, you know, Dwayne Brown wanted out. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, we'll see what happens to him. I, I, I'm pretty sure he's not coming back to the team. Um, I mean, they didn't know. think he was coming back necessarily anyway, but this anyway, can't be good. But, well, yeah, but I'm just saying, you got Watson playing out of his mind right now, and you got something you can rally around, and then this shit happens. So yeah. it's like, man, you know, if I'm black, I don't want to pay for the Texans. Fuck it. I want to go to Seattle. <laughs> like, yeah. Seattle's like the most progressive place you can play right now. I mean, I guess the 49ers too, but, um, in, but even Lynch has said some dumb shit in the past. But Seattle, the fans don't boo. You know, you got Michael Bennett there. Now you got Dwayne Brown there. I mean, I mean you, know, you have a coach who's a hippie by all, you know. Yeah. So it's it like Pete Carroll. You know what the hell Pete Carroll's about. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, ultimately, um, this will affect business. It just won't be like a huge effect. People just get over shit. I mean, um, it, you know, it's not nearly as bad. As, you know, even touching on the Kevin Spacey situation um, where you just say some shit. <laughs> then it's like, yo, <laughs> like, <laughs> like. Like, I mean, the Kevin Spacey situation, touch on it real quick. I mean, everybody knows about it. You know, he got accused of uh, making an advance on a 14-year-old when he was 26. And in his response, he didn't deny it. But he said, you know, I if I did it, you know, you know, I was drunk and uh, I'm gay. And it was like the misdirection. It's like, no, dude, what about that part? And that's the, the part with the Texas owner. It's like that part. What you said is what we're going to remember. We're not letting that go. So yeah, the Kevin Spacey defense was magnificent, though. Like, <laughs> it was straight up misdirection. He ran the play action on people, and people were like, "Oh, he's gay," and it's like, "No, you're missing the point." Like, he did, like, I just don't understand how you have a pub like you're Kevin Spacey, right? One of the arguably one of the best actors of our generation, and you obviously have a publicity team, and you know when this this news comes out, um, that. About the, about him making an advance on a fourteen year old, nobody told him to deny, like deny, deny, deny. For one, um, whether right or wrong, you know, if you don't remember, you know, the one thing that you would say is, I would never make an advance on a teenage boy, right? Like, I mean, like if if if, if you didn't do it, not say, well, I might have been drunk, so it could have happened. That's, <laughs> I mean, even if you're not guilty, that is admitting guilt. That's and hard. I don't know, like, his PR team was like, yo, they had to be like, what are you doing? House of Cards, you know, ending it after the next season, they stopped production on this season. Like, you can't do it. People react quickly. With the Texas situation, when it happens, people react very quickly. They, they jump up. They're, they're not going to really want to hear what you got to say. You make you have one chance to make a first impression on this situation. And when you fail at it, 
people are gonna remember it forever. So, you know, it, it reminded me okay. of the Mace song immediately. It's like, dog, you know that girl you thought was eighteen? She was not eighteen. Like, <laughs> if y'all yeah. don't know, like, go listen to Mace album. Still one of the <laughs> funniest <laughs> songs. <laughs> yeah, it's but, just. But I mean, that, like, damn, like, yo, he he didn't bat an eye to it. He's yo, like, oh, by the way, I'm gay. Yeah, not a pedophile, just gay. Like, the ultimate misdirection, man. He ran the play action. A few people fell for it, but then people were like, no, dude, like you're missing this big, big thing. Like the reason why you even making a statement is because you were accused of making an advance on a 14 year old kid. Yeah. It, granted, it was like 20 something years ago, almost 30 years ago. But still, how much more of this is going to come out? So, so much more. Hollywood anyway. is all, all fucked up. Yeah, That's but it always has been. This is. That's that's the one thing. It always has been. I mean, for somebody like I've worked in the music industry, I've seen some wild shit working at BET. Um, it's always been this way. Oh, let and this now shit it's just hit the music out. industry. We we'll find out a whole bunch of wild. Oh, things. it's coming. Oh, it's absolutely coming. Like, run for cover, all you rappers and record execs, because oh. it's coming. It is coming, and the reckoning is coming. Like, uh, I mean, I had a hostile work environment in BET. Nothing that you could, you know, that was like sexual or anything like that. But it was crazy things that happened. And I've heard stories. So it's like these things are going to come up. And they're gonna some of your favorite rappers and some of your favorite record execs are going to get thrown under the bus. It's happening. Yeah, you'd Just, be surprised what people will do to make it in the industry and some of the wild shit that'll yeah. occur. Uh, so yeah, I can't wait. Listen, bring out all the skeletons of the closet. Give us something to talk about. We in here. Uh, outside of that, we have combat sports to talk about. So the UFC has a packed slate coming up this weekend, but they just had a fight too. And I feel like they have a fight from now until what, mid-December every weekend? So, every weekend until the, yeah, mm, I think, yeah, until the end of the year it feels like. There's 12 weeks, 12 fights, right? Yeah, I think we get Christmas off, but they yeah. have the Ultimate Fighter finale the same week as Detroit. Yep, fully loaded. Yeah, yeah so it's on. it's crazy. We have just UFC to talk about back to back to back to back. Um, so let's talk about UFC Fight Night, Brunson versus Machida in Brazil, Sao Paulo. And it turned out to be a pretty good card. It wasn't yeah. bad. It seemed long as hell. But that's because he has six fights on the main card. Yeah, um, for the record, this is the first time. Um, I, I, I do sports picks for his uh, uh, SBR, which is a big betting company. This is the first time I've ever got all of my picks wrong. Like my, my locks, I got them all wrong. I had three locks, and they were um, Machida and Brunson going over two and a half rounds. Um, I actually had Machida winning, but I didn't make that a lock pick. The other pick I had was Maya beating Covington because Covington's hands are trash, which he proved. But then I just I don't know what the fuck happened to Maya. And then I also had a. Uh, Nico Price beating Vicente Luque, and I failed. So there's going to be people coming for me this week that lost some money because I've been making people a lot of money the last, like for the past year. I always hit something. Yo, I failed miserably on this card. Miserably. <laughs> well, going down like Antonio Carlos Jr. That and there was a lot of finishes in this card, which was made for a really good card as well. Um, he won submission rear naked choke. That was a good fight. And then Vicente Luque, which you mentioned, Nico Price by Darsh Choke. I didn't see that one coming. And that was exciting for the choke and everything else. We had John Lineker, which I can't believe you didn't make John Lineker a lock. No, I wasn't going to make John Lineker a lock. I knew it because I, 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 the, the pick, 
the odds favored him way too much. He was like a minus 400. I was a betting that. The only thing that was there was the over one and a half rounds. And Lineker hadn't finished anybody in a, in a while. So I was like, nah, I'm going to stay away from that one. And it went the distance as, you know, because Lineker can end with one punch or he can go the whole fight and just never hit you. So, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, no, he hit Marlon Vera quite a bit. So <laughs> Lineker won. Diego Santos uh, versus Jack Hermanson. I probably wouldn't bet that fight either. But it was a late KO in the first round, which was cool. Beat the buzzer. Um, so that got stopped. Francisco Tronaldo versus Jim Miller. Let's start there. End of Jim Miller? No. What? Jim Miller? It's not the end. I mean, it's like saying the end of Cowboy. I mean, Jim Miller, he's an up-and-down fighter. We, we say the same thing about Jim Miller every so often. We yeah, because it always looks like it's the end. It's not the end of Jim yet. He's not done. So, yeah, he lost Trinaldo. I mean, it was a tough fight. Trinaldo's a tough dude. So, um, Miller was the underdog, too. So, I'm not surprised that he lost. And I just don't think that it's the end of him. We'll three, see him again. Three-fight losing streak. Lost to Poirier. Lost to Pettis. Now lost to Trinaldo. Last three fights. It, Two ranked guys and one guy coming up who's actually old. Chanel is old as shit, but he's still coming up. <laughs> yeah, so that that's definitely tough. Um, what else do we have? Next fight, Pedro Munoz versus Rob Font. Submission. I did not have Munoz winning, too. I can see how you got this one wrong. Um, I didn't bet this one. And, and if I should have, because I would have picked Munoz. Because oh, <laughs> Rob Font is very uh, wishy-washy. You know, he's on one time and then he's off. And... Munoz is a tough out, and uh, he's got a great submissions game, and that damn guillotine is something else. I mean, he wrapped Rob Font in that real quick and ended his night. So yeah. I, I, did, I didn't make that a lock pick. I should have because I would have got something right, but I didn't. Co-main, <laughs> um, Colby Covington versus Damian Maya. And here we go. Covington's mouth stole the show over what was probably his best performance to date. People say what the hell they want about his hands and them not being good, but he beat and went toe-to-toe with someone who's wrapped up and choked everyone out that dared to engage with him. So yeah. he he it was a better fight against Meyer than Woodley had because it was engaging. He stood toe-to-toe. He wasn't scared to get choked out or backpacked or anything like so many people were before, and he came out with the W. It's just his mouth started writing checks. His ass can't cash. Yeah, we'll talk about his mouth in a minute. Um, I mean, Kobe Covington is an exceptional wrestler. So once you're able to stop the takedowns of Damian Maya, he really doesn't have anything. Damian spent a lot of energy striking in the first uh, first round of this fight. So from there, he was kind of doomed. Kobe um, Covington's hands are trash. And the tough part is, like, because he beat a number three ranked fighter he's immediately going to be placed into the top five um should he get a title shot i don't think so i think woodley destroys him i think robbie lawler destroys him i think rafael dos anjos i think worth a damn with hand destroys him if you are a not a if you're a decent striker and it turns into a grappling in a wrestling match covington might be will probably beat you but his hands are awful. The fact that Damian Maya was chopping him up in the first round, I mean, I, for a minute there, I was like, yo, is Damian going to finish him with striking? <laughs> like, he was, yo, he, Covington's striking is bad. He overcommits. I mean, he falls right into the wheelhouse of somebody like Tyron Woodley who will counter you with the right hand and put you to sleep. So, and it's not easy to take I mean, Woodley down. So one thing, Woodley no. might not use his west wrestling offensively, but that shit's still there defensively, and you ain't getting the guy on his back. 
No, I mean, he's almost turned into a, a more technical Chuck Liddell who sprawled and brawled. Like, Chuck Liddell is exceptional <laughs> wrestling, but the fact was Chuck Liddell, you couldn't take him down. Yeah. Him so he would sprawl. Yeah. Like, he would sprawl and then, and then knock you out. And <laughs> Willie's got that kind of power where if you can't take him down and you, you try to come in there and strike with him, he's going to knock you out. We saw that. Like, if Willie could go into a fight with uh, Wonder Boy and have Wonder Boy respecting his striking, I don't think somebody like Colby Covington can beat Tyron Woodley. I, right. I just don't see it happening. I don't think so either. And then he knocked out. Probably lost. Yeah. I but don't... let's talk about your boy's mouth. <laughs> his his mouth, once again, it's the new wave of the UFC, right? We're, we're in the Conor McGregor era. And you have to say some wild shit to be noticed. His hands aren't going to get him noticed. His fighting skills are not going to get him noticed. And we've seen guys rank seventh get a title shot and win. We saw Garbrandt do it. Jump the line. Title shot, win. Saw Whitaker do it. Jump the line. Title shot, win. He sees the climate of the UFC and says, you know what? Even if I got to say some blatantly disrespectful shit to every Brazilian, which made no sense. Because what? What do you got against Brazil? Your champion's not even Brazilian. That's not going to earn you shit. But he did it. And then call out the champion. He stood out. He made headlines. And there's not a lot of people that make headlines. So automatically there, he jumps probably three or four guys. Just off of the ability to make headlines. And sometimes being blatantly racist and disrespectful helps. Yeah, well, here's my thing with Colby Covington. I don't think this is an act. I think he believes a lot of the shit that he says. That's and, problematic. Uh, and, you know, and that it, it goes into the way your point was, like, why did you diss Brazil? Like, the fight's over. You won. Why did you call them filthy animals and call that place a dump? Like, <laughs> and, I, and I get it. You know, people, you know, fair game. You know, they, they tell you that they want you to die before you come out there and fight. However, the fact that you have teammates who are Brazilian. Like, Bigfoot said he's going to destroy you the next time he sees you in the gym. I don't know if that's necessarily possible because Bigfoot is trash now, but he's huge. <laughs> but when you say things like that, you kind of mean them. Like, you're not saying them to rile people up. You mean what you say. And Colby Covington, like he called uh, Tyron Woodley a victim, uh, trying to get his fight with Tyron. He's been talking about how he's been trashing him in the gym, yada, 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 blah, 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 blah. This guy believes what he says. And it's not necessarily trash talk. It's just who he is. And... I don't like Colby Covington, the way he promotes his fights. I don't like how he handled him beating Maya. Like Machida said, he's going to whoop his ass backstage. It's getting him noticed. But it's like, you know, like the difference between him and Chael Sonnen is Chael said it to hype people up. Colby says it because I just think he believes this shit. Um, and good for him. I mean, he's going to probably get a title shot when he doesn't deserve it. Uh, even though it should probably go to Rafael Dos Anjos if he beats Robbie Lawler. But, uh... And you know, there's a storyline. Yeah, I mean, there's so there. many people who deserve it over him. I, I hope they don't give him the title shot. I hope they, you know, it seems like, you know, your case for what just happened last month in which everyone is booked up. Yeah. So it's like if Tyron wants to fight, this is the guy he has to fight because everyone else is about to be in a brawl than themselves. Yeah, I mean, personally, I'd like to see if Kobe Covington fight Kamaru Usman. Like, that's the fight I want to see. Kamaru's coming, he's coming along. He's dangerous as hell. Um, but Covington's probably in a situation where he's like, I don't want to take anybody that's ranked beneath me. He wants to fast track to the title shot. But that's the fight I want to see. Um, but yeah, you you know, you never know. Wonder Boy is booked. Yeah, he's so, got Masvidal. Masvidal, so, so you can't do that. And then obviously, you touch on Robbie. 
being and brought. I mean, but but you know, the thing is, Woodley's recovering from us. Did he have soldier surgery? I can't remember the last time I talked yeah, to him. He said I he was, so. you know, rehabbing. Yeah. So he's out anyway. So by the time everything gets, you know, once his rehab is done and once he's back in the picture, he's going to have the pick of the litter. Like he's going to either get um, Masvidal, probably not, but he'll probably end up with either if Dos Anjos wins, he'll probably end up with Dos Anjos. If Dos Anjos loses, it won't be a rematch with Robbie Lawler. It'll probably be Colby Covington. That's the route they probably end up going. And then he has to hope that unless Masvidal just. I mean, Masvidal have to destroy Wonder Boy for him to jump into the title picture, and yeah. I don't see that happening. But Wonder Boy destroying Masvidal probably gets him a date with Kobe Covington, who he destroys, and makes that shit look so pretty. Uh, it's weird. Like if if Wonder Boy destroys Masvidal and Robbie Lawler beats Rafael dos Anjos, you probably still see Covington fight Woodley and Robbie and and Wonder Boy fight for the number one contendership. That's what you probably get. Dos Anjos wins. I don't see how they keep Dos Anjos away from Woodley. That's the fight you got to make. So it's see, I'm not that high on RDA though. I don't. You don't have to be. The guy's a former lightweight champion, um, and he's he's been impressive when he came back. You if you beat Robbie Lawler and you do so impressively, it's hard to say the way the division stacked up now and the way that everybody is ranked. It's hard to say that you're like you're not going to give it to Wonder Boy because we've already seen it twice, and the second one was not very exciting. You can't really give it to Masvidal unless he blows out Wonder Boy. And you can't, otherwise you'd have to go with Covington. And anybody would say the RDA over Covington, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, and so that, the only route you can go is really, truly RDA if he beats Robbie Lawler. But the welterweight division is pretty interesting. You know, there's a lot of guys there. It's stacked. I mean, we just saw um, Cowboy lose. Exactly. To Till. Then, now what yeah, do you do with him? I, I mean, he's another guy. Like, I you take know, Till I mean, over Covington. Like, if I you want to make too. a fight, like... Let them go, but like you said, Covington is not going to take someone below him up and coming. No, not unless I mean, you know, I mean, ultimately you're going to do what they tell you to do. If they do till Covington, I think that'd be a great fight. But uh, yeah, man, there's just a lot of ways to go with Woodley, not necessarily needing to fight right now as he rehabs. We get to see the division shake out a little bit. Do we get an interim belt? No, no I feel like that's how they get people into these fights right yeah but it's unnecessary i mean woodley just fought uh and i figure he'll be back early next year maybe around february so i think it's absolutely unnecessary like they wouldn't even have time to book interim title fight there's no reason to but you never know with the ufc they could they did eight months for bisping yeah well because they knew they were booking him with gsp and that would just further prolong the entire division like woodley's not fighting outside of his division so he's what not was, doing anything. He's not fighting Connors? somebody. Who's Connors was people. nine months before they gave away the interim. Well, yeah, because he was going to fight Floyd Mayweather. So you never, you didn't know what was going on with Connors. So that that makes sense. Woodley is going to fight in the welterweight division. Like, there's no <laughs> doubt about it. He's not fighting GSP next. He's not boxing. So there's, and he's not going to be out for like a year. So there's really no reason to do an interim title. See, interesting, interesting. Um. Bringing us to even more interesting card. <laughs> Mentioning GSP and Bisping, UFC two seventeen. Well, you don't want to talk about. You don't want to talk about Machida. Oh shit! Done? I forgot about that. Hold on, hold on. Rewind. Bring it back, Selector. Um, we have Lidiota Machida versus Derek Brunson, who headlined the card. And I feel like this wasn't the headliner. FYI, uh, I think Cummington stole the show, so that's why I passed up on it. But let's talk about Machida and Derek Brunson taking his face off. Um, 
Machida passed out like Wendy Williams did today. <laughs> On the realist of shit. It was in slow-mo and very, very theatrical. Um, it, it was one hell of a hell of a striking performance by Brunson. And Machida, he's one of those guys. He's been around so long. Approaching 40. Uh, I don't think he can do what he has to do to win fights. It, it just comes down to that. He has to be a crazy karate guy to win fights. And he can't do it. That division is stacked. He can't stand toe-to-toe with guys in that division anymore. This is what happens. Yeah, I mean, him being outside of the cage for 18 months for the USADA infection as well, that didn't help. Uh, when you're that old, you need to be busy. And Machida wasn't busy. I thought he'd be the elusive striker that we once knew. And Brunson has really been a guy who fights, not, I don't want to say fights to the level of his competition, but when he steps up, he usually loses. So I figured that Machida was a guy like right in the middle that he had a tough time with. I didn't think he just mollywhopped him like that, which says more it, like people. I know people are going to be like high on Brunson. People want Brunson and Rockhold, which I, I could make the fight, but I think Rockhold dogs him. But Machida, it says more about Machida. He's done. Like he's he's not that guy who knocked out Rashad Evans. I, he's not that guy who fought Shogun to a draw. He's He's not that guy anymore. I tell you this. Brunson's resume is very impressive lately. And Beast Machida, the Dan Kelly KO, whatever, the Anderson Silva fight, he was robbed in. Yeah, yeah, UFC two away. yeah, I'm just letting you know. So that's his most recent loss. And that was a robbery. He won that fight. Got knocked out by Whitaker. And that was competitive before he got knocked out. For them, beat Uriah Hall, beat Sam Alvey, beat Ed Herman, beat Lorenz Larkin. Yeah, so, Lorenzo Middleweight wasn't the same. Like, he, Lorenzo Welterweight is a lot better. True. But he has two real losses in the past four years, damn it. And that's before his two real losses are Yoel Romero, who knocked him out, and Robert Whitaker, who knocked him out. Outside <laughs> of that, the guy has two real losses in the UFC. Like, he's an actual contender. So Yeah, he, I mean, he's up there, but he, he's not he being Luke Rockwell. Listen, he, he needs the opportunity to try. Yeah, no, I, I agree. He did not get out Machida the way he did. He, he definitely should be in the conversation as one of the, uh, you know, a guy to compete with some of the top middleweights. Yeah. You know, maybe he, well, I mean, I don't know. He lost to he, Weidman already. That's um, what I'm saying. Like, he should fight Luke Rockhold. It makes sense. But he doesn't beat him. I don't think. I don't no, think. he didn't fight Weidman. Give him Weidman. No, he didn't fight Weidman. He fought Yo Romero. I mean, he fought Jacare and Strikeforce. Yeah, Jacare and um, Strikeforce. Give him Weidman. Weidman needs something. We need to see if Weidman's, you know, back or is he washed. He had possible. one good bounce back fight. Give him Weidman. That's a good test. All of these divisions in the top five are either rematches of shit that we're kind of interested in or someone has to jump from the eighth spot so we get something fresh. It's like that in every division now. The UFC's rankings and the way they set up these fights, because they've allowed people to jump around and the Bisping's to fight Den Henderson and Connor to jump around and all that shit, all the rankings in almost every division are so convoluted, it's crazy. Daniel Cormier losing to John Jones all these times, but beating everyone else leaves him with very few matchups. It's like yeah. all of these divisions, there's nothing fresh and new. And every time they try, their prospect ends up getting washed. Outside of Cody Garber. Yeah. It's a crazy time. Um, and listen, we'll, we'll see how they go. The numbers haven't been there for 
and they're putting all their chips in the UFC 217 bank. And I still I, don't care about this. I don't fight. feel it. Let's, let's I don't, talk about the card. I don't feel it. I don't. <laughs> You've been pessimistic at best this entire buildup, and they haven't marketed the people on the card right. Everything's focused to BS to BSP to Bisping and GSP, and there's just nothing real there. There's no real heat. There's nothing that it's, makes me want to see that fight. And look, and the problem is, is like this is a really good card. Like if you if you look at it, like OSP is on the prelims against Corey Anderson. That's what helped fight. You know, like Mickey Gall's on the card. Uh, Washington CM Punk. Uh, Harris is going to get his Mark Godbeer fight after you know stepping up to face Fabricio out here in Vegas. James Vick against Joseph Duffy. That's a hell of a fight on the prelims. Is this Joseph Johnny Duffy's Hen- return fight, or do you have one already? Uh, Duffy, no, yeah, he had won his last fight against uh, Mitch Clark, and that was uh, the that was damn, that was like a, that was a year ago. That was Shit, a year he's ago. Had so two. this is Riza. Yeah, well, Madadi. yeah, that's right. March. Yeah, that the the man card, the yeah. fight night. Yes, him fighting James Vick, who James Vick has been rolling. Uh, that's a hell of a fight. Uh, Boricita and Hendricks, like this is this card's loaded. Wonder Boy and Masvidal, like we're gonna go through this entire card. But if you look at this, like, Bisping GSP is almost like the most uninteresting fight in, part it really in terms is. of build-up. <laughs> it really is. Um, damn. It might be the... I don't know. I'm not even sure if it's competitive, right? Like, we don't know what to expect from GSP. There's, to me, there's one or two. And I guess we'll, we'll do our predictions and we'll go from the top down. Uh, we'll start with the main event. One of two things happens in this GSP Bisping fight. Bisping washes him in the first round, or not necessarily washes him, or just kind of bludgeons him. That'd to, like, be some kind so of ugly. In the, yeah, it's possible. It's possible. First or second round, where GSP just clearly doesn't have it. He's out of shape. He can't take him down. He's not ready for the middleweight division, and it's one sided. The other way it goes is Bisping gets taken down repeatedly, and GSP wins a five round decision. He, I keep saying he could submit him. He could submit him. But I doubt it because I just I really think about it. And the more I'm looking at GSP and I'm like he's a as a middleweight like eh, this thing used to be a light heavyweight I don't know I don't know but I don't see this I there's no part of me that says this fight's going to be like back and forth and exciting I just can't see it I could be wrong it, it could happen the other way but this thing would have to come out with like, heavy hubris to make it exciting and he'll run into some shit that's not Bisping's fight. Like, just GSP is not knocking you out. That's very clear. And even with Freddie Roach in his corner, Freddie said the same thing. He's like, we're not to make him think he can box like Ronda Rousey. We're going to use this to set up the takedowns. So there's really, you know, one way that he can win. And, and the other way is Bisping is too big for him. His hands are too heavy. And not heavy in a way that he just knocks him out, but he just is punishing him. So my official prediction is GSP to my decision. Um, but this is a fight when a guy hasn't fought this long. I really don't know what kind of who he's going to be in a different weight class at that. It's not like he's showing back up in the welterweight division. He's showing up in the middleweight division against a guy who's not really that good. I don't care if he's champ. He's yeah. okay. <laughs> Listen, my, my entire prediction is based off the fact that I have zero respect for Michael Bisping as the champion. Yeah, like even if it's Bis- let's just say Bisping wins, even then he retires. I'm still like, yeah, but I'm still like. 
like I, there's no part of me that Bisping wins, and I'm like, yo, this guy's like pound for pound top five. I just nothing of like because I'll look at GSP and say he fought out of his weight class. He's been away too long. Like Bisping has had the right opportunities. Crazy as shit is, is Bisping would be top five pound for pound ever. No, with that resume, fuck no, you're crazy. Most wins UFC history. Don't care. He also has a lot of losses too. Okay, most wins UFC history. Um, Anderson Silva victory, GSP victory, Dan Henderson victory. Dude, Dan Henderson's like a thousand years old. I know when he beat them. I understand. Anderson Silva's old and washed, (laughs) and GSP would be the same thing. Like there's no way beaten by both Silva and Dan Anderson. Dude, there's no way Michael Bisping's top five pound for pound in any resume. Resume. That's no, tough, man. Absolutely not, man. Like, cause all those res- that resume has a big asterisk by every <laughs> it single. It does. Fight. It really does. Like, cause, dude, like, not too long ago, he got dragged by Luke Rockwell. He got dragged. He got beat by Tim Kennedy. He got washed by Vitor Belfort. He got beat by Chael Sonnen. Wasn't that There's- TRT Belfort and heavily, heavily roided Chael Sonnen? Hey, either way, <laughs> it's not like Bisping is out here beating the best of the best. The only person on his resume that. Stands is Luke Rockhold. That's he caught him on short notice. Yeah, but he caught it like that one stands because Rockhold underestimated for him and paid dearly for it. That's Rockhold's fault. But everything else, none of these wins are like none of this makes him like pound for pound great all time. Absolutely not. He's lost too many fights and he's never looked amazing. Like he lost to Vanderlei. He lost. He like he got watched by Dan Henderson, the real Dan Henderson at UFC 100. Like. No, this guy's not pound for pound nothing. Absolutely not. That resume is no joke. And I don't it like it. It's a joke. It's saying. a joke. You know, like, the resume is a joke because it's, there's so many hidden jokes in here. Like, it looks good. Like, if you show somebody who never watched MMA, they'd be like, oh, I know who that guy is. I know that. He beat him. He beat... But anybody who watches MMA knows these aren't the same guy. Like, he would never beat Anderson Silva when he was in his heyday. And we saw what happened to Dan Henderson when Dan Henderson was the shit. You do know the Floyd haters use the same argument. But it's different. Like the Mayweather haters would say, "Oh, he wouldn't beat Pacquiao like that in his prime." But that, that he, was one he fought this person after his prime. Delahoya, he fought on the downside. Arguably. But there's 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 two things to this. One, Michael Bisping's not undefeated, so you can't even put him in that conversation. Floyd never lost. Gotcha. Two, Floyd beat top caliber competition before he went to these. Like he beat Ricky Hatton when Ricky Hatton was undefeated. Like, he beat Shane Mosley when Shane Mosley was coming off of beating the shit out of Antonio Margarito. Like, there there are, like, Floyd has, there's kind of a in this resume where you look at it and you say, okay, well, De La Hoya might have been over the hill, even though it was, that was a competitive fight. Pacquiao clearly wasn't the same Manny Pacquiao. Everybody else, on the other hand, even Robert Guerrero. Cotto? Vic- where was Cotto at? He, Miguel Cotto, I mean, gave him a hell of a fight. I mean, Miguel only lost two fights, I believe, if I'm correct, up to that point. Okay. Manny Pacquiao and uh, Margaret Cheeto. And but he got that, Miguel, bludgeoned by Pacquiao. Yeah, well, I mean, that was Manny Pacquiao. I mean, that was the Manny Pacquiao. So Pacquiao's really the only name on his resume that you look at and you say, well, if he would have fought him earlier. Bisping, his whole resume is a bunch of guys that don't <laughs> stack up. Like, like in their heyday, would have beat Michael Bisping. There's no question. Like Floyd, it was still a question. Like even Manny Pacquiao in his heyday, I still would have picked Floyd. Not Michael Bisping. I don't pick him against any of these guys in their heyday. So you're not telling me Bisping beats Anderson Silva in 2009? 
Is this what you're telling? Absolutely. <laughs> like, no one's going to pick that shit. Yeah. He knocked he his ass out them. anyway. That was the most ridiculous well, one yeah, ever. Too. That too. I saw him knock him out and walk away, but Bisping was out of it. So, all right, my official prediction for the fight. I have GSP over Michael Bisping. Three rounds to two. And GSP kind of looking like he took one hell of a beating, but winning. Because the takedowns are the deciding factor. Um, But yeah, it's like the Hendricks fight. And he'll use the kicks, similar to the Hendricks fight. Um, And people say what they want. Johnny was big as hell in that fight. He was. So, you know, Johnny's not a small boy. Yeah, so Johnny was not a small man going into that fight. It's going to be very similar to fighting Bisping in that regard. And GSP proves he had his chin. I would say Hendricks hits harder than Bisping. And I would have to agree those. with you there. And he ate those, and a lot of clean ones. So I, I think you have to do the same. His face always shows the damage, but I, I think in the end, he's going to land enough takedowns. I think his stamina is going to prove to be better in Bisping's because you look at that third and fourth round of the Anderson Silva fight. You look at even the final round of the Hendo fight, where I think even if you had it close, I think Hendo might have won that round. And Bisping's cardio doesn't seem to be spectacular which if you're a mediocre fighter you better have some great cardio and, and steal these championship rounds and i don't think he does that in his fights um the rocco fight like you said was a quick flash knockdown and that's what helped him but going the distance 25 minutes i think G- gsp drags him into deep water and takes all of his all of his stamina and makes it look boring yet easy in the later rounds so i got three to two i, I think gsp closed it out um that's my prediction for that fight. We could be wrong. Bisping could have one more trick up his sleeve. Could knock him out and walk away on top. We will have yeah. to wait and see. Um, the real main event, Cody Garbrandt <laughs> versus TJ Dillashaw. Listen, we got to start treating this shit like Bellator. Where we yeah. have one circus fight as the main event, and then we have the real main event. Where the rankings actually matter. Where you get to see the best versus the best. And that's what we have here. And there's a great backstory. So much real heat. A real animosity. Why isn't this pushed as the main event? Ridiculous. I don't know. I, um, I, I, at least screen I'm time foolish. wise. You can put whoever the hell you want on a stupid ass poster. But screen time wise, when you have something real, just show me that choke every time. Show me the Conor McGregor snake in the grass shit. Missing match strike to get strikes again. He saw it before it was known. And, and it's crazy, man. It has so much real heat. Garbrandt's coming off of injuries as it slowed him down. Dillashaw has looked great since he took the L to Dominic Cruz. Um, man, it's such a tough fight. They know each other. I'm going to pick Cody Garbrandt to win this by TKO in the third round. And I know Dillashaw doesn't get rocked often, blah, 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 but you said it. He's been knocked out before. He's been beat before. Um, I think Cody's too much for him. Yeah, this is tough, man, because, I mean, clearly... Cody Garbrandt fought a Dominic Cruz that not the same Dominic Cruz that TJ Dillashaw fought. That being said, Cody still looked fantastic in that fight. And it's really hard to say that Dillashaw's using Dominic Cruz's style is going to beat Cody Garbrandt in a five-round fight. It's very possible because I think I think TJ Dillashaw is actually a more complete fighter than Cody. But I think a lot of this is going to have to do with what happens in the stand-up. And if TJ can't deal with Cody's stand-up, 
he's going to have a long night. He's yeah. going to lose. Because is TJ going to take him down repeatedly? I don't see that happening. I see. I don't know. That's there's so much here because Cody Garbrandt's ascent up the the bantamweight rankings was very like it was just destruction after destruction. Like he was just wearing people out. So we didn't get to really see Cody Garbrandt until he fought Dominic Cruz and he beat him in a five round unanimous decision. His footwork is what I'm like. His footwork was fantastic in that fight. And that's why I'm looking at with Dillashaw. I was like, you're going to use Cruz's style. We're going to give him a lot of movement. But but Cody doesn't fall for that shit. Cody stays put. He keeps his hands at bay. He may drop him a little bit here and there. But it's not like TJ Dillashaw is a remarkable striker by any means. He's solid. Mm-hmm. Cody's a better striker. So, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Cody here. Um, I'm not going to say a knockout, even though I think he's fully capable of knocking out Dillashaw. I think Dillashaw will give us enough moving to keep this fight competitive enough. Where Cody wins like either three to two or four to one. I think he wins the decision. Yeah, I'm going I'm going with the knockout. I wouldn't be surprised if he knocks Dillashaw down and finishes him by rear naked choke, though. Just real alpha male style. Just as like a big F you. Cause remember, he knocked down he knocked down Cruz several times and didn't go to the ground with him. He yeah, let him up I- and he said, Let's keep going with this. I think if he knocks down Dillashaw. He goes to the ground and tries to finish him with rear naked choke. Just as a big F you. It's possible. Uh, you know, the, the other thing is these guys know each other so well from training together. So I don't know. I don't know if he follows him or if he tries to make a mockery of him like he did Dominic Cruz. And lo- keeps allowing him to get up and then busting his ass. Like, that's possible <laughs> as well. Yeah, he um, might just want to punish him. It's yeah, it's so odd with Cody. And like you said, TJ doesn't have flash knockout power. We saw what he did to Burrell. And you put whatever stake you want into that, you know. But to me, he has to knock someone down and choke him out or pummel him. And I'm not sure if I see Cody really staying on the ground long enough to really get pummeled and get stopped by the ref. So it's a weird dynamic. Um, TJ has to win by just a barrage of punches or frustration. That's like you have to be unhittable and frustrating Cody. And make him overly aggressive. I'm not sure if Dillashaw is that. I think he comes out offensive, and it's not the kid you want to get into a firefight with. No, so. it's not. Yeah, I'm, I'm picking. Like, early when this fight was first made, I picked Dillashaw. But as things have progressed, I kind of went back and looked at a few things, and I was like, hmm, he's got to get past that stand up. And that's where the fight starts, and that's where Cody is very, very comfortable. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think Cody's going to retain the title. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't be. Listen, Cody's just so damn dangerous. If he knocks TJ out in the first two minutes, I would be like, "Fuck!" But I would not necessarily be surprised. That kid is—he's dynamite in his hands. Um, next up, Joanna and Jacek versus Rose Namajunas. This shit's going to sound crazy, but I've started to kind of believe in Rose. Um. I'm not sure if she has enough to pull it off, but if someone's going to beat Joanna, I'm, I'm not surprised if this is the fight. Rose's demeanor coming into the fight, uh, just some of the trash talk Joanna spewing, which is usual Joanna shit, but Rose isn't buying into it. I think Rose has a big purpose, a bigger purpose going into this, um, and I think if she can get Joanna to the ground, she might be able to submit her. Easier said than done. I'll still play it safe. And pick Joanna by decision. But a Rose submission is, is pulling up as a close second. I can't pull the trigger on it right now. 
But if Rose is going to win, I can see it being that way. Yeah, I'm picking. As much as I love Rose Namajunas, I'm a big fan of hers. I think she's a great person, a great talent. But you're not getting this title off of Joanna. Not in a five-round fight. Um, Joanna has has proven to be damn near unbeatable for five rounds. She can start slow, but she just doesn't slow down. Like, she ramps up as the fight go- goes on. Rose hasn't fought in a five-round. Like, she hasn't gone five rounds. She went, uh, my bad. She went five rounds with Paige Van Zandt. Paige Van Zandt is not, not your name, JT. No, she pummeled oh. Paige Van Zandt for those five. Yeah. So, the difference here is, again, you're dealing with a proficient striker, an exceptional striker. You have a solid ground game, but how are you going to get Joanna to the mat? What are you going to do to get her down? I, I don't see how Rose gets her down. Uh, and even then, Joanna's got a solid ground game. You know, it's a little underrated because we don't get to see it too much, but she's solid. So I think Joanna's going to kind of punish Rose. As the fight carries on, those late rounds are going to be hell. And I, like I said, I think Rose is great. I think she's a very good striker, but you're dealing with the best striker outside of Cyborg in the women's division. And I, I don't see, like, it's either going to be a late finish or a, a dominant unanimous decision. Yeah, and you know what? Rose gave Carolina a good fight. Um, yeah. That's what I can judge this off of. And she handled elite-level striking in that match. Um, it's just, is Carolina the same as Joanna? I think we saw that, um, that Joanna's still a step above even her. So how do you handle the pressure? The volume, man. It's, that's it's that's all it is. It's, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of volume. And people break. So even if you can handle in the first round, the second round, she breaks you sooner or later. Where you stop throwing and she's just as fresh and fast as she was at the opening bell. And that takes people's souls. So we'll, we'll see if Rose has that. I have a good feeling about Rose in this fight, though. I, we'll see in the end. Um, Joanna to me is damn near unbeatable, but we say that about a lot of people. Um, next fight up, Steven Thompson versus Jorge Masvidal, Wonder Boy. Uh, I think Wonder Boy keeps it rolling, man. I thought at worst, he only took one of the two fights from Woodley at worst. Yeah. So even doing that against someone who I consider one of the, you know, the best champions we've had at welterweight, um, Man, I, I can't pick against him. I saw what he did to the Rory McDonald's of the world, to Johnny Hendricks, and that Ellen Burger KO is fucking nasty. Um, man, the guy, he has a TKO win over Robert Whitaker. Yeah. He's no joke. So I, I have to give him the knock. Yeah, I'm picking Wonder Boy here. Masvidal's um, a great striker. Uh, he only loses nail decisions. He doesn't really get dominated. But, uh, you know, I don't, like, I said, like, when we first started, way back, I said that Wonderboy will be champion. I thought I was very confident. This was before Wonderboy was even ranked in the top 10. Didn't go his way with Woodley, but I don't really see anybody else beating him. Like, that stand-up, unless you got dynamite in both hands, like Woodley had, and, and made Wonderboy a different fighter, I don't see Masvidal doing the same thing. Granted, Masvidal beat Cowboy Cerrone, but we don't know what kind of version Cowboy Cerrone is at this point. Yeah, now we I, see that that kind of takes a hit. Yeah. So yeah, I'm definitely picking Wonder Boy here. Um, picking a decision though, I think it'll be I think it'll be a hotly contested. Well, not hotly contested. I think it'll be competitive, but I think Wonder Boy will pull this off. Yeah, I'll go by decision too. Um, only because it's three round fight. 
Yeah. If you told me it was a five round fight, I would probably give Wonderboy the nod to knock his ass out. But I I just don't see it. Um, I, I don't see one Wonderboy getting stopped by Masvidal. Uh, even though you know two of his last three fights have been TKO wins, but that's against Jake Allenberger and whatever's left of Cowboy Cerrone. Yeah. Um, Damian Maya fight, and we know Maya doesn't have any damn stand up. He lost the decision on Lawrence Larkin, lost to Ben Henderson, Iaquinta. I, I think Wonder Boy's just on a different level than all these guys. So, Monster Dial is a good litmus test, and Wonder Boy has to do something because he he's does. not getting another title shot. But it's nice to see him. Um, talking about very, very fat, overweight people, Johnny Hendricks is on the card. <laughs> um. The bigger fight is the scale, right? Like, isn't that the bigger fight here? If he can't make middleweight, it's over. It's not even welterweight anymore. Middleweight. Like, how how much do you think Johnny walks away around that? I guarantee he walks around like 220. I, I mean, just looking at him, he walks around like, like 215, 220. He's huge. He's huge. That's a damn shame. But, look, he's missed weight out of one, two, three. Three out of his last four fights. Just completely missed weight. Uh, last time he hit weight was his last victory, Hector Lombard. I, I say there's something to, to that. So he hits weight. He does pretty much okay. Uh, but even then, lost to Neil Magny, lost to Kelvin Gaslam, lost to Steven Thompson. Uh, Tim Bosch lost to him in his last fight. Johnny's done. He's Johnny Bellator at this point. He, he's yeah. just waiting, and they're doing him a, a favor by cutting him a check. Now, he gets someone who is very young and an up-and-comer, and he gets to play gatekeeper. Someone who hasn't been tested at all. I don't know shit about Boricina. He's oh, had two I fights. Have you, seen, have you seen his other two fights? I've seen him in two fights. I've seen him in one, to be fair. UFC 212. I don't even remember him. UFC Fight Night, Belfort versus Gaslam. I saw that card, but I don't even remember his fight. So I remember him from 212. Yeah, he was a prelim uh, fighter. Uh, He's never allowed the judges to have a say in his fights. And with that being said, yeah, like you're fighting. Oh, shit. He's only uh, made it to the second round once? Yeah, you're fighting a Johnny (laughs) Hendricks who, who just got knocked out by Tim Bosch. Paulo Borchin is going to knock out Johnny Hendricks. And this is it. Say is this your lock? Is, is this one yeah. of your betting locks? Um, yes. This is one of my betting locks. I'm going to look at the odds to see if there's value in it. But if you put it, if you, yeah. I don't, I don't, Johnny if Hendricks, Hendricks is, done, is the favorite in this fight, which he very, mel- very may well be, right? Mm, no, I doubt it. Mm-mm. The odds makers are smarter than that. Uh, and I'll, I'll take a look at it. Keep talking, but I'll take a look at it. Yeah, I, if it's even close to even, you got to put whatever you got down on power. Yeah, which, <laughs> Hendricks is a plus one ninety. He's a plus one ninety. He started at a plus one seventy five. He's a plus one ninety. Okay. This is this right. makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's pretty fair then. Yeah, and they're they're being generous with that because the guy. I mean, he's won one fight in like three years. You just, oh, it's hard to speculate and. You know, you're in the time where you just don't know. They said sports is cleared up as far as the PEDs and the steroids and everything else. And this new side of testing and all that stuff. But you look at guys when they're just not the same at all. 
where you can't even make weight anymore. It's hard not to look at Johnny Hendricks with the side eye and, yeah. and wonder, like, yo, are you one of the guys honestly hurt by the testing? Clearly. It, it's just crazy to see. Um, but like we said, a lot of good fights. James Vick versus Joseph Duffy, real quick. Uh, I'll take Joseph Duffy in this fight. I always like Joe Duffy. I always thought he's a good striker. Um, Vic is, once again, killing shit. One loss. Um, it looked great. I remember the Trujillo fight. Uh, Darius knocking him out. I feel like we were there, but I don't remember that. Um, everything else I've seen from him, man, he, he looks great. But I, I think he loses this one. Favorite and all. Um, ugh, this is one of those fights because Duffy's got a ton of promise, but like Vic has been very, 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 very good. Um, and Duffy's just known as the guy who beat Conor McGregor. So <laughs> he is he's so much better than that. Like yeah, he, he is shit he on because of that. But yeah. I'm, I'm going to pick James Vic here. Um, I like James Vic. I like what he's, you know, accomplished. He's getting disrespected at the sports books. He's like a plus 155, but I'm, I'm going with Vic. Oh shit! Uh, I thought he would be the favorite. That's odd. Yeah, no, Duff, Duffy's a very complete fighter. Um, he just had a couple of hard fights. This this is going to be a close fight. It's not it's not a lock for me. To but be I'm fair, gonna... Josie Duffy has lost one fight in like his last ten. Yeah, so, so I mean he's he's doing all right for himself. Yeah, but I'm going to go with Vic. Yeah, lost to Poirier by decision. Um, all right, a uh, fight that we should have saw here in Vegas not too long ago, but is rebooked for now. Walt Harris versus Mark Godbeer. Um, I'm going to take Godbeer here. I think Harris would have won that night, but getting choked out, having to maintain weight, cut weight again, uh, in which I, he doesn't cut much. He's a smaller, um, heavyweight guy, but still it, it is what it is. You, you have to maintain that all over again. I, I think it wears on him and I think he loses. Walt Harris, yeah. that is. I'm picking Walt Harris. The big ticket. Yep. And friend of the podcast, man. I want to pick him. But just, it's rough. Getting submitted, quick as it is, and having to come right back, that shit can't be easy. Yeah, that was a bad night. It, 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 like, his fight with Fabricio Verdun was literally like a bad night of sparring. That's all it was. He got choked out in the training session. Because he, <laughs> he took no damage. There was not a punch landed. No, nah, not one punch landed in that fight. On so, either I end. Now, that's fair. Ah. Uh, I hope he comes through with it, but I don't, I don't know. It's a tough turnaround. Um, Randy Brown versus Mickey Gall. I'm taking Mickey Gall. Yeah. Um, he turned out to be a really good fighter. It, it looks like they fucked up and fed CM Punk to a real dog. <laughs> like, like it's not it's not great. Uh, Sage Northcutt got, got that work, too. So I'm taking Mickey Gall. And it's cool that this is the first fight on a prelim card. They can show... You know, the, the long highlight package of him being a CM Punk, him beating, um, what's his face, what I just said. Um, so it's Sage Northcutt. They can show that and get people hyped. This is an undercard that m will probably make people want to buy the pay-per-view if they're on the edge. Not sure yeah. how many people are on the edge, but this is an undercard well worth it. And yeah, the, OSP's the main card on the undercard. Too. Yeah. I mean, this is a loaded card, man. OSP, Corey Anderson. I'll take OSP, but... This should be one hell of a fight. You never know with OSP. Yeah, yeah OSP with that, what is it? That damn Von Flew choke he, he nails every time? Every like, time. Ridiculous. Can you please stop? Stop it. Stop going for the choke on OSP. 
You're not yeah. going to choke him out. You just leave yourself open. Um, and Curtis Blades versus Olin Nick is the other match I'm looking forward to. Um, yeah, I pick an Olin Nick. I pick an Olin Nick too. Brown. Just because he beat up Travis Brown like that, you can't go against him. Everyone beats up Travis Brown. Yeah, but he my beat mama shit, could beat up Travis Brown. <laughs> yeah. um, Travis Brown, I hope he's just off making babies. He hasn't be, been rebooked, right? No. Thank God. Yeah. So let's just let that man go. Enjoy Ronda Rousey, who is at the Performance Center by all reports. Looks like we know what we're seeing in New Orleans this year for WrestleMania. More than likely. Time to talk boxing, though. Switching gears. It's been a low-key good week for boxing. You know, if we start from last Saturday and go to this up-and-coming Saturday, uh, Anthony Joshua stepped back in the ring. It's a fight we expected originally to be a Klitschko rematch in Vegas. Klitschko retired, so it took some luster off of it. But Joshua looked really good. Yeah, it was a last-minute replacement. Um, Which are always tricky. Yeah, they are tricky, but you know, it wasn't like he was ever threatened to lose this fight. Uh, Taco, it was, it was just, it was too easy. Um, you know, watching this fight and watching Joshua's last few performances, obviously the Klitschko fight. Um, I keep seeing this. I'm gonna have to see how Wilder looks, which we'll talk about. But before I thought Josh would just beat Deontay Wilder, I'm not sure anymore. There are some holes in Anthony Joshua's game. Uh, that I'm concerned about. But he, he looked good. Don't get me wrong. He looked good. Got him out of there. Yeah, stop was a little premature. Uh, Carlos deserved a little bit more than that uh, to be stopped in the 10th round like that. He wasn't going to win the fight, but come on, man. He showed up. Way premature. Um, I don't know what the hell the ref was seeing. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't like, wow. I wasn't overly impressed. I was like, all right, good win. And it was like Wilder's past few wins where I was like, all right, cool. That's a good win. But nothing that made me say, like, this guy's going to be the most dominant heavyweight in recent memory. This fight with His fight with Deontay Wilder is going to be extremely competitive if they keep fighting like this. Yeah, I mean, but this might just be them, right? Like, if you can't... Honestly, how many people are going to push them? I think if Joshua uh-huh. had three more fights, like the Klitschko fight, he'd be much better for it. Which is why I applaud um, Deontay Wilder. He was... Meant to fight. Who who was he going to fight that popped for steroids? Luis Ortiz. Luis Ortiz. Popped for steroids. Could have took a you know easy-ass fight. He told Bermain Stavern, who I believe is the mandatory, you know what? Let's go. I'll take that fight. Let's get it. And it was his toughest fight to date. His only decision. And I think he comes back and he tries to knock him out. And I think he does. And I think those tough fights is what sharpen you as a fighter. So take your toughest fight to date. Run it back. And, you know, get better in the ring. And that's what both of these guys need. There's just not enough real... There's not enough clean heavyweights to continuously do this, as we can see. Because Wilder seemed to have, like, three opponents now drop off because of steroids. Yeah, well, I mean, the Stavron fight, I I don't know how this guy is a mandatory. He hasn't fought since 2015. Um, It's going to be two years since he last fought. And he's going to fight Deontay Wilder. So I, I fully expect Deontay to stop him. Um, but, you know, whatever. He was the mandatory. Wilder was like, I need to fight. So I'll fight him again. It's a fight that I don't care about. I'm going to watch it, but I don't care. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, like, this is a fight where Deontay Wilder needs to impress. He's fighting a guy, again, who hasn't fought in two years since he beat Derrick Rossi. And before that, he fought Deontay Wilder. You need to knock this Bermain's Vern out. 
It's your job. You have a significant height and reach advantage. You've had way more fights since the, you fought Stavern. Get him out of here. Don't play around. Don't play around like you did against, uh, what was it? There was a few fights that he fought that I was like, what are you doing? He got like, I think it was like Eric Molina. Where Chris Ariola was, was crazy. Yeah, like Eric Molina hit him a little bit too much. Uh, Johan Duapas, who like lasted 11 rounds. Get Stavern out of here. Make your statement. Because more important than making your statement is drumming up interest in a Wilder Joshua fight. Because Joshua just fought this past weekend. If you look good, the public starts demanding that fight. Yeah. So go out there, get Stavern out of here. I, I expect him to. I think Wilder has a lot to prove, even though he's undefeated. But I think this is the one that you, you have to get him out. Like, I don't think you can accept anything less than a knockout in this fight. No, definitely. Um, listen, if they want money, Joshua and Wilder got to fight for that money. And we've seen crazy shit happens with the judges and decision. You might go against each other, get a draw, and luck up on two lottery tickets instead of one. Um, but you got to look good, and public has to clamor for it. And we saw that you know, with the Canelo fight versus Triple G. The public pushed that fight. They got that fight. The judges were screwy. Now they're about to cash out again, and everyone's going to fall for the shit right over again. Indeed. And you get two paychecks. It's better than getting none. Do not take someone lightly and derail your money train. And in boxing, the money's there. You got to go get it. You have to go get it in boxing. Um, pretty much Sean Porter's on that co-main this weekend, though. Hey, yeah, he's fighting Granados, who lost Adrian Broner. Uh, it's, you know, it was unfortunate that Porter couldn't fight on the undercard of the Mayweather-McGregor fight because of his family situation. But it's a guy he should just destroy. It's another, it's another statement fight. It's like, if I'm Sean Porter, which we're about to talk about, Terrence Crawford has now just showed up at the 147-pound division. If you're Sean Porter, you want to fight with Danny Garcia, um, but you have to destroy Granados. Like, you have to kill this man. Um, you have to wear him down like you did Andre Berto. So, I'm watching this fight to see the statement that Sean Porter makes. It's a statement fight. You got to get the job done. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and it seems as though Sean Porter may have a new uh, target for 147, and that is Terrence Crawford, who's stepping up to bat. Out of 140 officially, up at 147. <sighs> I think people are putting too much pressure on Terrence Crawford already in this division. The division's murderer's row. He shouldn't step right into a title fight. Um, well, I, mean, he, I mean, he's going to step into a title fight, but it, it's, it's not for the reasons that you're about to say. Go ahead and finish. And I'll, I'll, I'll because it's, it's ridiculous. You, you have people who have worked their way up to division and shown that they can handle it. You have true 147 fighters, Keith Thurman, um, Errol Spence. You still have guys on the outside like a Danny Garcia, like a Sean Porter. These guys are great litmus tests. This is how you balance yourself. You take one of these guys and work your way up. I understand he's with top rank. It puts hurdles in it. But even they have fighters that you can beat up on at 147 to show that you're right. Going straight into a title fight. And people are clamoring to see him versus Errol Spence. You don't want your first fight at 147 to be against Errol Spence. You damn near don't want your last fight at 147 to be at, against Errol Spence. But really, you don't want to hop up from beating a guy at 140 to testing yourself against probably the best puncher in the division. It just makes no sense. People need to slow down and pump the brakes 
on Terrence Crawford. He is great. He was amazingly great at 140. He has the potential to be the best 147-pounder in the world. Not right now. Other people hold stake to that claim. Well, so here's my thing about Terrence Crawford. Yes, he's coming to 147. I have no problem with him fighting the best. Why wait? What's the, what's the purpose in waiting? You're, you're the number two pound-for-pound pound fighter out there right it's now. It's seven pounds. So what? <laughs> Floyd, like when, Floyd, when Floyd fought at 154, when Pacquiao, he fought the best. If you're the best, you just fight the best. If the best are there to offer. That's what's not going to happen. Like Crawford, yeah, he wants the best. He's just not going to get him. Like the reality of the Terrence Crawford situation is this. He moves up to 147. He's the mandatory for the Jeff Horn, Gary Kikorin fight that happens in December. Don't even know so who those guys get the, are. Well, Jeff Horn will be Pacquiao. Pacquiao. So he'll be the mandatory for the WBO title, which is really happening because there's nobody else he can fight because he's under top rank. If he beats, well, when he beats whoever wins that fight, which will probably be Jeff Horn, when he beats Jeff Horn, which from what I've been hearing will likely be in Vegas in March, his next fight still won't be against any of the PBC fighters. There's too many hurdles. There's Showtime and then top ranks with ESPN. There's a lot you got to do for, like, there's got to be a lot of negotiating to make that happen. PBC's primary interest right now is drumming up uh, fan interest in Keith Thurman and Errol Spence. They're not going to allow Terrence Crawford to get in the middle of that. Now, in the interim, Sean Porter will probably fight Danny Garcia, which leaves Terrence Crawford as an odd man out. So he's not going to fight any PBC fighters. So the next person he fights is Jesse Vargas. Jesse Vargas is the only cape, like guy ranked in the top 10 who's on top rank. Other than Manny Pacquiao, but we all know that Pacquiao, we don't know if or when will ever see Jesse Vargas is ranked at 140. Now he's 147. Okay. He's a Wilson. So you fight. So Jesse Pacquiao Vargas. doesn't come back in your mind. I, I, not for a Crawford fight. I don't think. It's still ridiculous that that's the case. He has to come back. I mean, he may come back, but I, I just don't see him coming back to fight Terrence Crawford. You got to put the like, guy over. Yeah, I don't think Manny Pacquiao's in the business of putting people over. He's like, he's a senator. He does, he can care less. Like, he wants to make some money. He wants to win a fight. Like, is that's that not the his whole biggest thing. paycheck? Right now, I don't know, because Bud is not a, a he's not a star yet. He's not a superstar yet. He's a he's a boxing star, but that doesn't make him a superstar. Well, Manny's like, the Manny, superstar. He brings the star power against the guy who now has the belt that he shouldn't have lost. Yeah, but the, the reason, like, fighting Jeff Horn in Australia in front of, like, 70,000 people, like, you're not fighting Terrence Crawford in front of 70,000 people, right? That's not happening. They paid a lot of money for Manny Pacquiao to fight in another country. They're going to pay Manny Pacquiao to fight anybody in another country a lot more than he'll get paid to fight Terrence Crawford with a lot less risk. And he just lost to Jeff Horn. He's not fighting Terrence Crawford. He shouldn't. I don't think, I mean, he won't even, like, dude, he can't even find time to train. He was supposed to fight Jeff Horn this year in the rematch. He couldn't find time to train. Dude, Freddie's not going to allow him to fight Terrence Crawford. Freddie said it a billion times. I don't want him fighting Terrence Crawford. Bob Arum has to make it happen. Like, I, I understand what Freddie wants. Freddie's of clear mind. Business-wise, it only makes sense. It, it does. It, it doesn't and make sense business-wise. It doesn't. You because have, if, you can if you're make, Bob Arum, you need him to beat Pacquiao. Because it's still Manny Pacquiao. And having that name... On your record, and if you knock out Manny Pacquiao, it takes you a lot further than you fighting Horn or Jesse Vargas or whoever the hell you want to throw in there with. See, I just think the ship has sailed on Manny Pacquiao. 
Like, I, of course, yes, Terrence Crawford beating Manny Pacquiao makes sense to build your next boxing superstar. If Manny Pacquiao didn't lose to Jeff Horn. If Manny Pacquiao, you don't know when he's going to fight because the senator to do this. Like, Terrence Crawford ain't going to sit around and wait for Manny Pacquiao. Everyone knows Manny Pacquiao ain't lose to Jeff Horn. The judges are the only ones that didn't know that shit. Doesn't matter. The fight was competitive and it shouldn't have been. That's all people remember. But the point is, Manny Pacquiao is going to make a lot more money filling up a stadium in Australia than he is going to be fighting at the MGM in Las Vegas. So if you could fight overseas, then do that. But the reason why Bob is looking at Terrence Crawford and, and Jeff Horn from March is because he doesn't think Manny Pacquiao's coming back. I, I just the ship well, is sailed on Manny you, Pacquiao. Then you need you need a bigger name than Jesse Vargas. You really do. There are no bigger names. That's that's the problem with top rank. They don't have anybody else. You gotta go and pay Amir Khan. You gotta go pay somebody. Somebody Amir. with somebody with some sort of name. But 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 my point is is they're all with PBC Showtime. And top rank is ESPN now. So you got a lot of hurdles to get that fight made. And you act like Crawford, PBC wasn't just on ESPN. But they're not anymore. <laughs> they're exclusively Showtime. Like PBC, and, and you know what it's going to take for Al, Harum, Al Heyman and Bob Arum to do another deal? A lot. Yeah. Right now, Terrence Crawford isn't the name that Al Heyman is like, we got we to fight that guy. Yeah. They can keep everything in-house with Garcia, Porter, Thurman, and Spence. And never and not have to worry about Terrence Crawford until 2019, and that's exactly what's going to happen. That's a damn shame. So we're, yeah, I mean, we're going to get Crawford versus just the gauntlet of the same fighters we've been seeing the whole damn time. No, we'll, we'll get Crawford and Jeff Horn for the WBO title in March. Then we'll probably get Crawford and Jesse Vargas. In like November or September, then it'll be 2019, which will be right around the time that Keith Thurman fights Errol Spence, hopefully, barring any injuries. By that time, they should figure out a way for Terrence Crawford to fight the winner of that fight or fight somebody like Danny Garcia. But it, it really depends because Crawford, I mean, he's already proven that he's one of the best fighters in the world. So there's, there's not too much waiting you can do. There's no reason for him to fight like Adrian Broner. Shit don't make any sense. <laughs> well, it, no. You just got to fight the best. Sean Porter, as much as you know, we love Sean Porter, he's from Vegas, he's a great guy. He's not really a guy that you want to fight. He's a little bit too physical. Even if you beat him, it weighs on you. So yeah. bypass Sean Porter. Terrence Crawford fights Danny Garcia or Errol Spence or Keith Thurman. No reason to wait. But, but you're going to wait. It's going to be 2019, like late 2019. It's so ugly. The the waiting game in boxing, as soon as we thought the waiting games were done, I'm like, oh shit, they're giving us every matchup we want. We're right back at it. No, I mean, well, it's kind of, it's, it's a little bit different though, because it's not, it's not anybody's real, it's not anybody's fault per se, because people really want to see Thurman and Errol Spence fight, but Thurman's coming back from an injury, and when he does come back, he's not going to fight a top name. He's just going to beat up on somebody, Yeah, you know, to test the shoulder. So by the time you fight Spence, I mean, the timeline is, is a year from now. You know, some either late 2018 or early 2019. Sounds a lot further than it is, but it's due to injury. It's due to PBC. Like, it's not just two guys being kept away from each other. They're going to be busy. These guys are going to fight. Errol Spence is not going to wait around either. He's going to fight and beat up on somebody while he's waiting. So we'll get the fight, hopefully. Um, I figure that, you know, Aram and Heyman will figure it out. But right now, there's no reason for PBC to put any of their fighters at risk against Terrence Crawford. 
There's just no reason. I feel like you could put one of the lower tier guys at risk against Terrence Crawford. And it ain't get worth the, the business. Deal done. But it ain't worth the business. Like the business needs to be worth it to do it. There's no business fighting putting anybody else against Terrence Crawford. There's no money to be made. Terrence Crawford ain't selling shit out. <laughs> that's that's the shame of it all. But you're true. That's true. It's you're not getting the return of an investment. If you're sending one of your guys out for slaughter, you're not getting anything back. No, I mean, keep it in house. You're going to make more money. So nobody's going to get ran out there to fight Terrence Crawford and have to deal with ESPN and Showtime. Like nobody wants to deal with all that shit unless there's a lot of money to be made. Going to end up watching Terrence Crawford versus Timothy Bradley. Bradley. Listen, everyone's it's boxing. They said they'd never fight each other. By the way, yeah. they're they close. Yeah, we saw him all backstage at the Thomas and Mac yeah. one time. Yeah, that was the last time we asked him the question. They're not fighting. Um, but I'm saying, we're going to get like those retread type matches, you know? Like the same top-ranked guys for the next two years. And I hate that. Oh. Um, there's always there's always Mikey Garcia lurking around too, and we don't know where he's going to fight. You know, I'm sure he's, he, he might find his way in 147 after beating up on Adrian Broner. Hey, that wouldn't be bad. Um, so even though I think 140 is there for the taking for Mikey now, take it while it's, yeah. while the taking's good, and just you know run through it now that Crawford's gone before you you know jump up. Um, all right, let's move on. Wrestling talk to close out the show. WWE, no pay per view this weekend. Thank God. Yes, we we had a reprieve. Um, we're not preparing for another pay per view until Survivor Series. It looks awesome. like thank God. So. <laughs> Uh, we get a full month's build. My point is, is that they're wasting the build. Exactly. There's no reason to have an invasion angle for a month. And then what? Got to recreate all the feuds from scratch? Um, are you going to make every Survivor Series match a stupid-ass gimmick? Preparing for your own next in-house feud? So you're going to have people on the same team push each other and blah, blah, blah. to make. I don't I don't know how you go from this. We have The Miz dissing Baron Corbin, um, in which he crushed him in a promo online. Yeah. Um, Corbin's not ready for that for that level of, of beef. Um, yeah, I, it's just so weird. It all feels so weird. Why? Like, how do you just manufacture beef out of thin air between these two programs? It makes no sense to me. I tell you, the only thing I wanted to see is Shane and uh, Kurt. That's all I wanted to see. And we now got Kurt's that. The, and Kurt's the captain. They haven't announced Shane as the captain yet. We'll have to watch SmackDown to find out. But Randy Orton's on SmackDown seems like the the last person I wanted to see on SmackDown. But whatever. Um, it's it's uh, it's uh it's tedious because everything moves and you know they have to reset. Like you know the return of Braun Strowman. Like all the returns on Raw this week. And then it's like they're all getting kind of muted by the Survivor Series angle. Like even even though you got Joe and you got Strowman, like unless Strowman goes out there and beats the Miz for the IC title, because it still it still seems very weird weird that you got two heels fighting for the IC US titles and you got two heels fighting for the women's titles. It's very weird. Um, it seems like somebody's got to change the title. But all right, and it's time to do so. But then that's weird to just rebook everything. Well. If, if Braun Strowman were to beat The Miz for the IC title and end up facing Baron Corbin at uh, Survivor Series, it's it just doesn't seem like proper WWE booking that they would allow two of their their their, their, their 
uh, middle titles. The, the IC and the US titles are held by heels. And their women's title on both shows are both held by heels. It just seems weird that they have two heels fighting. Well, Miz would have dropped the title. Big Banter's dropping the title, if that's the case. I, dude, I don't think Baron's dropping that title. I think with the Miz feuding with Strowman, it's very possible that the, the Miz either will lose the title to Strowman or get Strowman will cost the Miz the title to somebody else. I just, I don't. And then same with Alexa and Natalia. I just, both of them can't be heels holding titles going into this program. It's, it's for the sake of everything else. Like, even though I don't mind it personally, but for like the younger fans, like to see two bad guys fight, kids don't really care for that shit. They want to see a baby face. Yeah. But I mean, none of this makes sense, which is yeah. why it shouldn't have had a bill at all. No build. Start your own feuds for the next month. Carry on your own respective programs, and then just send them out there to fight. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I have no idea. This this whole booking, the way this has been handled, has just been really dumb. But um, that's all I've really been saying about WWE for months now, and this is this is dumb. Ally Quinta is out of UFC 218. Not to cut you off. Oh wow, that Paul, sucks. Yeah, Paul Felder remain. Ally Quinta is out. That blows. Anyway, <laughs> another um, day in the UFC, my man. Another day. Yeah, so, so yeah, I don't know. I have really no idea what's going on with these two rosters heading into Survivor Series. I know the women's roster got a lot thinner. Uh, Nia Jax did return, but they got rid of uh, Emma, which is I'm, baff- I'm truly baffled by the release of Emma, um, which in turn makes me even more baffled by the booking of Asuka. If you knew you were going to release Emma... You have to have a squash match. Right, but so since you didn't, why did you book Emma, I mean, Asuka in a squash match this week shouldn't you have done that the first thing when oscar showed up i don't understand the booking here didn't make any sense to me i yeah I don't, i'm not sure so they get rid of darren young emma and summer ray summer ray cool summer ray was doing nothing should probably go into normal acting emma i don't know if emma's cut out for an indie scene we'll see she might be on impact she might be in tna her and Summer Rae could end up on TNA. They actually have a legit knockouts division. Even though I don't watch the damn show, when no, I do yeah. watch it... No, it's not bad. Um, if reports of them you know, signing uh, Tessa Blanchard are real, that's also a good get. I don't even know where they're getting this money from. <laughs> that's if you listen to Jeff Jarrett, they don't got no money. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I don't know. Um, it's That's a very good question. But people keep signing... So we just got to take it for what it's worth. Um, but yeah, going past that, it, it's just odd booking all around. Nia Jack shows back up. Like, just happy now? Like, did she have... I, I don't understand. Was she sick? Did she really walk out? We'll never know. Um, she took the win. We tell you that much. She didn't have to do the job. So maybe she got her way. I, I mean, it's Bailey. Like, Bailey is like the sacrificial lamb on Raw now. She loses to everybody. She should have been losing from the damn start, and we wouldn't have had this problem. Yeah, but nobody feels bad about Bailey losing now. It's just like, whatever. Back yeah. then, you'd have been like, oh, the underdog. Now it's just like, dude, whatever. You were champ. Now you suck. So it's like, it's, it's awkward. It's weird booking. Because, you know, a few people, I said this, I was like, the path for Asuka to get the title is so much shorter. And the way Vince books, Asuka can't stay undefeated for long, the way this is going. Because if she gets the title... Because, I mean, she really has nobody to run through. It's Sasha, Bailey, who doesn't even count now. I think Bailey's even below uh, Emma at this point because all she does is lose. 
There's Nia, who I figure will get the title. And then, you know, there's Alexa, who just beat Mickey James clean. So it's like the path for Asuka to get the title is really quick. But that means the path for her losing it is even faster. So it's I don't understand. I I don't understand the booking right now. Yeah. Listen, man, no one understands the booking right now, including them. But I maybe that's why they're going all in, right? Maybe that's why they're going all in on this invasion shit, because they need a hard reset on everything. And this will give them the opportunity to do so heading into Royal Rumble. But then what? Gender is still your champion. <laughs> like we still are about to get Jinder Mahal versus Brock Lesnar in a five-minute squash match. The guy who just beat Nakamura clean is about to get ransacked in three minutes. Do you know how great it would have been to have Nakamura versus uh, Brock Lesnar headline this event? Do you know how hype yeah. people would have been? I mean, these guys wrestled in New Japan once upon a time. 2002. So not yeah, dropped so the belt to Brock. Crazy. It's the to have them. Have I mean, but great. that's not. And look, not, not, not lost WWE anyway. Does. Yeah, not lost anyway. So he lost to gender. We're like, oh, fuck, he lost to gender. That sucks again. Not losing to Brock. Okay. But not getting some offense off. Hitting Brock with like three Kinshasas and Brock kicking out. That shit would have been great. We would have been excited for the ending of this pay-per-view. Now we get gender versus Brock. How do you fuck that up? Knowing that you have an invasion angle. How do you not put the strap on Nakamura? Uh, again, I don't know what WWE is and you, doing. And you go uh, heel versus heel instead of building Knock up as this amazing babyface against Lesnar the badass. They've they've cooled off on Nakamura. No they cooled way. Off on everybody no but way. No way. They, I mean, it's, it's clear. Kevin Owens. I mean, Kevin Owens still hot. Kevin Owens is extremely hot. He'll eventually get the title. I mean, he's the dude. He is the best all around talent. All around talent. When I'm when I'm talking about talking everything out there, like he, this guy can make a few with a paper bag, and I'll watch it. Kevin Owens is is he will get that title, but they've cooled off on Nakamura. And it, it, again, it's the same problem with Bailey. Would it's you the say the same thing about Finn? They've cooled off on Finn. Yes, definitely. You don't think def- the Styles thing helped? No, I mean, dude, he just got beat by a cane. Like he got beat up this week. So did Rollins. And then he got, huh? Rollins also lost to Kane. Yeah, but I mean, they're building up Kane, but Finn was your universal champ, right? And mm-hmm. now he's he just, just in an arbitrary match, is getting beat by Kane. And then he gets a tombstone on the, the interest ramp for no reason. And I get it. It's not the demon. It's Finn, whatever. But, yo, they've cooled off on Finn a lot. They've cooled off on a lot of guys. Like... And they kind of, it's weird because then they go back to their roots, like Randy Orton. And it's, it's like, you know. Vince loves problem, his guys. The problem with like somebody like Nakamura, he got pushed too quick and lost for really no reason. Bailey got pushed too quick, and then she lost. And now look where she's at. I, this is why I'm worried about Asuka. When you push them too quick, there's nowhere else to go but down. And Nakamura losing twice to Ginger Mahal and clean the second time, where do you go from here? I can't see him winning the Royal Rumble. They've cooled uh, off on Yeah. The SmackDown guy has to win the Royal Rumble, though. So, I mean, maybe that's how you insert Owens. Unless Braun Strowman wins the Royal Rumble. But then you got Braun versus Brock? I don't know. I, I, I mean, still hold that Roman Reigns holds that spot. 
Yeah, you're right. Never mind. I so don't even know what I was... To, yeah, Roman to get Roman getting... in there, you're not going to have Roman win the Rumble and fucking cause anarchy. So you just build that one normally, and SmackDown person has to win it to remove all probably controversy. Kevin it might yeah, be Kevin Owens. It's probably Kevin Owens, which means Jinder has to drop the belt to a face leading up to that. Oh, I mean, Jinder's dropping this title. He, he was a... They go a to seat- India December 10th and 11th. Yeah, no, he was a seat warmer for for these past few months. I mean, not necessarily the same position that Kevin Owens was in, but they put the title on him to carry them through this time. He'll drop it by Royal. Like, he's not having that title at WrestleMania. So then it's who? It's either Knock beating him, and they continue the feud one more time, which is possible, because when the guy loses twice, maybe they just go for a third, you know? Um, And Knock finally overcomes Jinder and both of the Singh brothers and blah, blah, blah. And that's his, like, going over moment. Or well, they just say, the hell with Knock. We really cooled on him. And AJ Styles goes and gets it. Well, AJ Styles is already going against Jinder. That's the f- feud that they're building. And that's the guy who's going to take the title off him. And then we get so, Styles Owens. I'll take Styles it. Owens at WrestleMania? I'll take it. I'll take I just it. wish they did If Knock was in there the for just title. a little spice, don't Knock in there for the spicy. Just a, yeah. give me a triple threat. They just got to heat him up, man. He, I mean, they've, they've cooled off on Nakamura. Like, he is not the enigma that he was in NXT. No. So they, they have to find a way to heat Nak back up. Maybe him, like, the one way that you can truly heat Nakamura back up is have him win Survivor Series for SmackDown. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's the one way you can truly have him heat back up. Otherwise, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, then get, that's interesting. Because he's going to take another loss. There'll be three straight losses if he gets pinned, knocked out of Survivor Series. Yeah, I, again, don't know what they're doing. At least Samoa Joe's back. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and Joe's looking like a badass again. Poor Apollo Crews. That's over for him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's quiet. <laughs> it's over for him. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how Joe is booked for the next six months. Because he's legit. And he's uh, went above and beyond expectations. But where do you fit? In this um, raw roster. When Kane is taking up like main event slots and you're Samoa Joe, like where do you fit? You don't. He he's candidate number one for the shakeup. I dude, I love He to is see SmackDown's that. badass. Like, he is. See, he's gonna have to switch because they saw what he can do as the heel in the company, but Strowman's on Raw, Lesnar's on Raw, you know, Lesnar's part time. But still, then you're just like Joe is the third giant huge badass. No, he's going to be the one. Jinder Mahal was their only choice for a true heel on SmackDown. Well, Kevin Owens is your true heel. Oh, yeah, but we all love Kevin Owens, blah, blah, blah. They, they had to push him to the moon. Cool. So you get Kevin Owens, but he's the talker. You need the, the, the big brute heel, and Joe could be that. Because then, I mean, it's, dude, outside of that, it's Jinder Mahal and Baron Corbin. Who's their listen, second heel? If they find a way to get Joe to SmackDown... And they find a way to do Joe Owens and AJ in a triple threat at WrestleMania. Take all my goddamn money. <laughs> take like take it all. Like I'm like at a strip club. Just take all my money. If you could do those three at WrestleMania, Owens, Joe, and AJ. Oh my god. But yeah, you got to get Joe off of Raw. There's no purpose for him. He there. has to be it's the shakeup guy. It's, it's cluttered, man. It's too crowded for yeah. Samoa Joe to be. And there. I think Styles or, goes to Raw sooner or later. In or that you do something. You do something crazy, right? Let's just put this scenario out there. The Royal Rumble winner gets the main event WrestleMania. That's the rule. They never really... It's very vague on how to do this. What if Joe wins the Royal Rumble and challenges SmackDown's champion? And that's how you get him off of Raw. And then... 
I would love that because then Kevin Owens would complain and just cry and whine every week, and then you throw Kevin Owens in there too. Yeah, like that. You that's a way to legitimately get Joe off of Raw. You still because you're still going to do Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar. It doesn't matter what Roman does; he's going to get a chance against Brock yeah, Lesnar. Of course, so he it doesn't, doesn't have to close the show Roman. either. Yeah, so you have some more Joe win, and he looks and he's like, I mean, I don't know how you play it to say, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to fight Brock and Roman, and I want to go to SmackDown. I don't know how you play it because Joe's a badass, and in real life, he'd be like, I like to fight those two fuckers. Yeah. But you you find a way to say, you know what, my opportunity is on SmackDown. Or they pay him or something like Shane pays him a hefty fee to come to SmackDown. Whatever the case may be, you send Joe to SmackDown to feud with AJ and revisit this whole TNA thing. You throw Kevin Owens in there. Take all my money. Just take it. That'd be too perfect. <laughs> too, too perfect. But it shit ain't happening. So like, <laughs> you're just, you're just speculate. Sorry, guys. Everybody listening <laughs> is going to be like, that's amazing. But uh, it's just not going to happen. Let's hope that oh. we lock into two really good feuds. That's it. Yeah. Amongst the bullshit that WrestleMania gives us, amongst the John Cena marriage match and all this shit from last year, we looked into about two good feuds. Let's hope to see that again. And then we'll be good to go. Um, man, that's our show for today. I got a flight to catch. I'm in Atlanta. I got to get back to Vegas. I got work to do. So, Enjoy. yeah, um, I'm flying out of Atlanta here in about an hour. I'm headed to the airport. Thank you guys for listening. Another episode of Corner Podcast in the books. Follow us on social media at the Corner LSN. Me at Kel Dansby. Him at Andreas Hale. Can't wait to see how everything plays out in the UFC this weekend. If Michael Bisping wins, please hit us up. Let us know he's top five all time. God, they're going to be hitting this real quick. They're going to tell you right now. But go ahead. <laughs> hit us up. Can't wait to watch the fights. We'll be on social media during the fights. Hit us up then too. Can't wait till next week's episode. But for right now, we're out. Peace. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.